Welcome to the Mumbrella Cast, a discussion of everything under Australia's media and marketing umbrella. I'm your host and editor of Mumbrella, Neil Griffiths, and joining me as always is the king of Mumbrella, the publisher, Mr. Adam Lang. Adam, thanks for coming on. Good afternoon, Neil. Great to be here. Look, uh, disclaimer, this is the first time in some time you and I have done this remotely. Yeah. We are using technology to get the job done today. I know, and I can't see you. This is this is a bit odd. So there'll be no non-verbal communication, Neil, and I know you give me all sorts of non-verbal communication. Well, if it helps you, I'm making faces that you can't see, so that's positive. <laughs> Good. Um, we have another big episode for you this week. Uh, the big stories of the week have to do with some big Australian brands, one being saved and the other going under. So the first one, if you've already seen, is the Sara Lee rebrand. The Australian dessert brand Sara Lee has been saved from administration by a private company owned by partners Clark and Brooke Quinn. Now, this is the same pair that purchased Sara Lee back in 2012 under similar circumstances and sold six years later to Quadrant Private Equity for around $200 million. That part alone, Adam, is a very big deal. Your thoughts? Oh, look, I think the fact that they've done it before in such spectacular fashion, I mean, can you imagine turning around a company in six years mm. from worth less to $200 million? What a great story. So that's the bona fides they uh, they bring into the Sara Lee uh, transaction. And, and obviously it's sad to see a brand under challenge. But what they did at Daryl Lee, I wonder if we'll see that happen again. And that is they looked at the product lines, they decided that there was perhaps too many to have all those lines exist and be successful. So you wonder if that's exactly what they're going to do with Sarah Lee, that they'll take the blueprint that they came up with through Daryl Lee and then apply that to Sarah Lee and uh, see if they can make it, make it as successful. Uh, I think the, the great part in that is that the brand gets to live on. You know, at least we know that the brand's got a shot, whereas it didn't have that before. Yeah, you can see the story on mumbrella.com.au by Cleela Welch. Um, she spoke with IPG branding agency Future Brands, Emma Waterman, who, similarly to you, what you just said there, Adam, she called it a new lease on life for the brand. Her quote was, in a world of FMCG that's all too often commoditized, brand can sometimes be an afterthought, at other times it's forgotten altogether. However, as more dupes find their way into our supermarket shelves, there's a real opportunity for a brand like Sarah Lee to service a more authentic story. What does that quote say to you, Adam? Look, I like it. I think it's a very eloquent description, much better than mine was actually, <laughs> from a, someone who's got a bona fides in that space, future brands. So oh, I think that that's terrific and encouraging. And you would hope that, you know, when brands get into trouble, that they don't sort of get into so much trouble that the, the brand gets to receivership or safe harbour or even administration that it has to be broken and closed, that you you can get to navigate these paths with different specialists involved in what you're doing, that good brands once built are well worth saving and, and growing. You know, so I think that objective is something that that expert and I have in common. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned before, Clark and Brooke Quinn, these, these are the same people that saved Daryl Lee and, and to your point, you know, turned it around to 200 million in six years. Now, Sarah Lee is an institution. This this story kind of came out of nowhere when we heard that it was being saved. Do you foresee another six-year turnaround for a cool 200 million? Oh, it may be even less, right? In mm. theory, if you're being really optimistic, you'd say what they did in six years, they probably learnt a, a bunch of lessons that they can apply here differently and maybe even more quickly. So uh, I think they've got the right expertise to turn it around. Let's support them. 
It's very exciting news for Sarah Lee. But on the flip side of that this week, there's been some tragic news. And you know I love my vacuums, Adam. We talk about vacuums <laughs> quite often on this show. <laughs> Vacuum and cleaning brand Godfrey's has gone into voluntary administration after 93 years in market. Before we get into really what happened there, um, Adam, your thoughts? Because, again, it's it really is a, an institution for for a vacuum brand to be so iconic and well-known really speaks to the brand. Yeah, they were one of the brands that was not aligned to any single brand, right? They just gave you the best vacuum cleaner for you. And I think what they've been really specialist in over those 93 years is being a retailer, you know, being a retailer, probably a street retailer, physical retailer that's, that's dealt with customers on an ongoing basis. And, you know, we don't buy vacuum cleaners very often. We might buy them and they last for many, many years, but they're a brand that you get to know that you can call on them as experts when you need that purchase. And so clearly they just haven't been getting enough of those purchases to sustain the business model they've had. There's a lot of people employed here. There's a lot of stores. You know, it's a, it's a significant physical retail story for me. I hope too that the PwC crew can turn this around and preserve that brand as well. Yeah, Mumbrella journalist Lauren McNamara, who we'll actually speak to in just a little bit, she wrote the story. You can check it out on the Mumbrella website. Adam, you just said there, PwC have been appointed as the voluntary administrators in Australia, while John Fisk and Stephen White will take care of the New Zealand subsidiary. Uh, Mumbrella was told in a statement that the administrators will continue to trade the business while undertaking an immediate operational restructuring sale process. Up to 54 stores across Australia and New Zealand could close within the next 14 days. Uh, and that'll affect approximately 193 employees. So really tough time for Godfrey's. Yeah, it is, Neil. And I guess that that's the sharpest end of this. The toughest part of this story is those stores and, and those people losing their roles. Uh, the optimistic part is that this might allow another 400 to stay, you know, another 400 employees to keep going. So, you know, I think that Lauren's written a terrific story here. It gets it, you, the human story here. You can imagine every one of those stories, the people that, where the custodians of the brand through right through to the retail employees have a, an affectation and a relationship with this brand. 193 of them are estimated not to have that by the end of 14 days when 54 stores will close. That's significant. And hopefully the story beyond that is that there's life beyond this. Well, as promised, Lauren McNamara will be joining the show. We'll take a quick break and speak to Lauren right after this. Welcome back to the Mumbrella cast with myself, Neil Griffiths and Adam Lang. Uh, we have teased her for the last 10 to 15 minutes and I am stoked to be joined by Lauren McNamara on the Mumbrella cast right now. Lauren, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I do want to say you've avoided the podcast for some time. Nathan and Kalila have come on recently. You've avoided it for as long as you can, but no <laughs> longer, Lauren. It has been a few weeks, hasn't it? I'm, I'm truly sorry. It's like a Madonna concert. <laughs> Lauren's just kept us waiting. We mentioned the Godfrey story there. Good work on that one, Lauren. Um, Thank but you. the reason we wanted to bring you on today was because if you haven't already seen, the ComsCon newsletter is back and that is headed up entirely by Lauren. Uh, the second edition came out yesterday. So Lauren, I think we, we briefed this probably on the first episode of the year. This will be happening every second Tuesday leading up to ComsCon. Um, why don't you tell everyone about it? Yeah, so fortnightly, leading up until 27th of March, ComsCon, uh, I'll be sort of wrapping up the biggest PR and comms news of the week, of the fortnight. Yeah, as you mentioned, we had one out yesterday. Um, it had some pretty big stories. Um, <laughs> 
you know, WPP has announced the merge of two of its biggest comms agencies, which is huge. Um, they've just done that to their creative agencies and are now following with the PR. We've had some PR predictions for the year from Havas Red, Sefiani Communications, PR Shed. Um, they've all been really interesting. There's been some underlying themes throughout them. Obviously, AI is all anyone is really talking about at the moment. The other big thing is there's going to be, I think, 40 countries voting this year in elections. That's going to be big. So it was really, really interesting to chat to them and and hear their thoughts. And Nova Entertainment hired its first ever head of comms, Helen Johnson, which again, just a very, very big news to start the year. So just to reiterate, the 2024 ComsCon conference and awards are being held at Sydney's Four Seasons Hotel on the 27th of March. Uh, so this fortnightly newsletter will be really carrying on up to the 27th of March. You can get your tickets to the event now at mumbrella.com.au forward slash ComsCon. Adam, this is your first event uh, at ComsCon. I know you're very excited about this. Tell the people why you're excited, Adam. <laughs> well, I am. I'm a fan of the trade and I know it's such an important part of brand and brand growth. So I'm looking forward to it purely as a you know an industry person. But then beyond that, I've been receiving the ComsCon newsletter and I read all the articles along the way. So I still get great value out of reading those ComsCon newsletters. The reason is Lauren gives it extra context there's extra news. And so even if you've read the articles along the way, you get this summary at the top and then a link to all the articles if you've missed any of them. But it really helps me think about communications from every brand perspective, including Mumbrellas, and going, hey, are we getting this right? Are we applying the tools of our trade, the best of skills and the best of thinking to making sure this works as well as it can to grow our brands? So I think Lauren's work here is exceptionally good and I highly commend it feed that into what we've got coming up. It's an excellent conference. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. And funnily enough, mere hours after you sent out the second edition on Tuesday morning, Lauren, we had some big brain news and a massive backflip. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, um, it was huge. So incoming Optus marketer, Danielle Keery, uh, made a pretty shocking announcement, announcing that she was moving back to the airline industry as Qantas's new Chief Corporate Affairs and Communications Officer. Now, she was due to start at Optus next Monday, the 5th of February, but instead she'll start this new job at Qantas on March the 1st. She's replacing Andrew McGuinness, who is leaving Qantas after 13 years. And, yeah, it it was pretty shocking, I think, considering she has not started at Optus and has already left to take on a new role. It's pretty shocking as well. I When we saw this news, I thought there was a typo because we reported on Danielle going to Optus in October, but here we are only a few months later saying that she will not be going to Optus and she'll be going back to Qantas. Adam, when we think of brands and their mm. reputations, unfortunately, Optus and Qantas probably top the not-so-great reputation list. What What do you make of this? For each of those brands, it's a precious opportunity and I know that is inherently optimistic of me to say that, you know, (laughs) always see the opportunity in a crisis and I think that's the best way to look at these situations. Optus and Qantas are both very um, significant brands in Australia to say the least and so to be the custodian of either one or in this case both, Danielle Geary was going to be at Optus and now will be at, at Qantas, that really is a slate where you get to go, okay, we're not in a good way. How do we get in a, in a really good way quickly? And so that will require 
the best expertise and a whole of team effort. So to see how Danielle makes that happen at Qantas now from March will be fascinating. For Optus, I really feel for them because they'd made their appointment, they'd made their decision, they've gone through recruitments, they've selected their new teammate, and then that teammate said, no, nah, sorry, I'm going off somewhere else even before I'm starting, and that's tough. And so, look, the Optus challenge remains ongoing. They've got an interim CEO in place since Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin resigned at the end of last year. They had this new position in terms of communications to fill, a vital position in their team. So you know that that team fabric is is changing as we speak and Optus still have that work to do. So it, it remains the challenge there. Just to touch on the CEO position quickly there, Adam, we kind of speculated late last year that maybe Optus would announce the the replacement for Kelly before Christmas. That obviously hasn't mm. happened. Have you heard any movements on that front since? Nothing of significance. And so that, that just leads me to believe that it's still a work in progress. Um, you know, you would hope too that the interim CEO, the longer that goes on, the more they can prove their worth because that's difficult, right? You're you're charged with making decisions. You and your team are looking at you going, I know you're making this call now, but will someone else be making the call next week or the week after or the week after that? So it's a really difficult terrain to navigate um, when you're an interim appointment. So I'm hopeful that perhaps that's also getting some more time to be considered along the way too. Yeah, and Optus's statement regarding Danielle, uh, I guess moving on to Optus, was just a simple, we wish her well in her future ventures. But to your point earlier there, Adam, I think Optus would just need to reset and quickly move forward, right? You can't really sit on this for too long. Yeah, look, whenever someone says wish her well with <laughs> or wish them well with future ventures, I just think that that's laced with so many meanings. Yep. Yeah, obviously, I take them at their word, but the interpretation of that is wide open. Well, again, you can check out the story on mumbrella.com.au. Lauren, for people who may not already be subscribed to the ComsCon newsletter, how can they get involved in the action? So at the bottom of the Optus Danielle Keery story, there's a little box where you can subscribe to the ComsCon newsletter. The next one will be coming out on the 13th of February. And um, yeah, we'll have some very big news then. We do have a pretty big PR announcement tomorrow that I'm looking forward to sharing with everyone. Um, So yeah. Well, I don't even know what that is. So I'm very excited to read about it. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Don't be a stranger, please. (laughs) We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Mumbrella cast for everyone's favorite segment. Unfortunately, Taylor Swift nor Justin Bieber have accepted our request for this theme song, so it's stuck with me again. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Adam's Other Business. Bum, bum, bah, bah. Yeah. Wow, that was a jazz funk remix. Thank you, Neil. I was going to go into the Law and Order theme song, but I thought there was copyright problems there, so I had to change it up on the fly. <laughs> More bass. Um, okay. Adam, before we start on the Adam's other business, we I have to say, you've kind of been bang on the last two weeks. You've kind of preluded some things that may or may not happen. I think your mm. strike rate is 100%. So, Well, yeah, last week we were two from two. And that was, <laughs> yes, correct. you know, it was, um, of all things, uh, stage three tax cuts and then look what happened and then supermarket pricing and, and that came out too. So yeah. we had a very busy busy week. I don't know if I've got the same level of predictions here, but let's see how I go. All right, Adam, let's have it. What have you got for us? 
All right. So in recent weeks, we've had some very significant data and we love that. Well, I love data. <laughs> and so the two weeks ago, the Westpac Melbourne Institute Consumer Sentiment Index came out and that, as we noted a couple of weeks ago, declined to 81. Now the normal is or neutral position is 100. So 81 is the worst run since the deep recession of the early 90s. So we know consumer sentiment has shown that consumers are gloomy. A week ago, we saw the NAB monthly business confidence for December 2023. That went up to plus seven. So that's just above the long run average and above neutral plus seven. So we see consumers are concerned and businesses are feeling okay. So yesterday, the Australian Bureau of Statistics released retail turnover data for December, and that showed a fall of 2.7%. So Ben Dorber from the ABS, he's the head of retail statistics, and he said, the large fall in retail turnover in December was caused by a fall in discretionary spending. Consumers brought forward some of their usual December spending to November to take advantage of Black Friday sales. Now, that's the end of the quote. So what we see there is despite the November retail spending rise, these fallen December numbers clearly show cost of living pressure, price consciousness and constrained consumer spending. And that is a clear signal to brand marketers. So beyond that, so we've got gloomy consumers, businesses feeling okay, retail statistics down for December. Today, just at 11.30, the Australian Bureau of Statistics released the Consumer Price Index. Now, this is basically the measure of inflation. So for the 12 months to December 2023, the consumer price index rose 4.1%. Now that is actually good news. Previous quarter was 5.4. Last quarter, 4.1. Inflation is being measured to come down. What does that mean for us all? Well, bit of relief on cost rises. So that's good news. That's slowing down. But it also means that when the Reserve Bank meets next Tuesday, February the 6th, the interest rates are likely to stay on hold and that has to be good news for people worried mm. about costs continually going up. So I hope that interest rates will be on hold for the short term and then we'll review it and as prices keep coming down, hopefully we'll be able to see that interest rates can actually come off in the yeah. latter half of this year. Yeah. So, so Neil, that's my Adam's other business. We've got consumers gloomy, businesses feeling okay, uh, retail figures down, but some hope, some optimism, I think, in inflation coming down and therefore interest rates having a prospect of holding and then coming down. That should be good news for brands and marketers navigating that cost of living pressure. Yeah, we'll be able to reassess what you said here. As you said, it, uh, the next RBA meeting takes place at 2.30pm next Tuesday, the 6th of February. Um, hopefully we have some good news for the listeners, Adam. That's right, Neil. And look, I'm on the hook for it now, right? It's an Adam's <laughs> other business prediction. It's basically like a Nostradamus segment now. So if you get it wrong, it's... Me and my bowl of water. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for listening to this week's episode. That's all the time we have for this week. As always, you can head to mumbrella.com.au to see all the stories from the last week. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. 